Hello everyone, this is Brandon, and before we start our podcast today, I have a really important request. Signpost Inn is at a critical crossroad. This year has been an amazing year of growth for us. We've hired new staff, are expanding our services, and are creating a bunch of new resources. And with all that's going on in the world, this is all needed more than ever. People everywhere are exhausted, anxious, and harried. We all need Christian friendship and personal connection to God. And Signpost Inn offers all of that and more. But now Signpost Inn needs your help. In order to cover our staff's salaries and keep our ministry going, we need to close a critical financial gap. We need to raise an additional $36,000 before the end of the year so we can keep doing our important work. Would you please go to signpostin.org to give generously? Our greatest need is consistent monthly donations so we can budget and ensure our staff's salaries get paid every month. But any donation helps. Your donations ensure that we can keep serving and loving every tired traveler that God sends our way. Please give today, and thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Signpost Inn Podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt. And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost Inn Podcast is brought to you by the Signpost Inn Ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostin.org. Today, Matt and I talk about sin and prayer. But before we begin, when was the last time someone really listened to you? I mean, really to you. Did you know that I provide one-on-one spiritual direction both in person and via video conferencing? Spiritual direction isn't counseling or discipleship. Instead, it's friendship and conversation with the goal of helping you deepen your personal contact with God. I take a contemplative, evocative, listening approach, which creates a compassionate space for you to encounter and talk to God. I'd love to set up an initial conversation with you, and you can schedule one today at signpostin.org slash Brandon dash schedule, or you can find that link in the show notes. Thanks, I hope to talk to you soon. And now, here's our show. Hey, Brandon. Welcome to the Back Porch. Hey, Matt. Good to see you, man. So um, in prepping for this episode and us texting back and forth about what we wanted to do today, uh, you sent me a text message that just had two words, which was broken cisterns. What did you mean by that? The phrase comes from Jeremiah, but it's right at the very beginning, Jeremiah 2. Uh, 13, he says, for my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. And what, you know, as we talked about this, what's interesting is we came and we were going to talk about what we were going to record in this episode. And then we just spent the last 20 minutes sitting on the back porch talking about it. So I think as we, as we're 
deciding how to do this episode, I think what we're going to do is just edit that conversation a little bit and let you guys, the listeners, figure it out for yourselves. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's very fitting that it is a back porch conversation. It's almost as if our listeners are coming to the back porch in the middle of a conversation being had. And hopefully they can sit down with us and pick up where we're going and pick up what the, the theme is and hopefully get something out of it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pull the curtain back in and uh, let's just let them plop down next to us as we have this conversation. Sounds good. Here we go. (laughs) So I don't know. I feel I have stuff to talk about, but I feel a little nervous about it because it feels well, I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. Um, As I was kind of going back over what my ideas are about this concept of broken or yeah, broken cisterns. It's really a conversation about sin and what sin really is. And that's hard to talk about. (laughs) So it's taken from Jeremiah 2. The short version is that digging cisterns that don't hold water is the analogy that God uses for Israel turning to anything but him to have their needs met, which is, you know, their idolatry. So they've turned all these other gods. We are so accustomed to thinking of lowercase s sins, plural, right? Here's all the external behavior that we do that's bad. Here's the lusts and the cravings that we have that are bad. But where that, what really drives that behavior is capital S sin. In other words, it's not the digging of broken cisterns that is the real root. It's the hole that causes us to go looking for water elsewhere. It's the you know, it's the brokenness within us that we're trying to fill with anything but God. And that's really the sin. And so that connects me to Philippians, where he talks about how their God is their stomach. And there's such a clear connection in here, in my mind, between what Jeremiah is talking about, what Paul is talking about, about the, you know, we've got this deep, deep hole. We've got this deep need for love, for for God, and the for God's love primarily. And what we do is we go fill it with everything else. And it doesn't work. But what's weird is Jeremiah calls that a double sin. Like the real sin is. Where in Jeremiah does it talk about that? Uh, it's Jeremiah. It's right at the beginning. It's Jeremiah 2, um, 13. So he says, for my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. So like the point there on the negative side is that we think that the the problem is bad behavior. And the real problem is we do the bad behavior is an attempt to fill a deep need for love and for peace, for relational harmony. So we turn to other things, right? We turn our God is our stomach. We we turn to sex and food and anger and all the things that we think are going to protect us and fill us. But those aren't like those aren't the sins that God is primarily concerned with. What he's primarily concerned with is the deeper in Jeremiah. What they've done is they've tried to have their needs met by another God. They've tried to get their security from other gods and they've walked away from the fountain of living water. Yeah. Like the way this ties into what our ministry is in my mind is that prayer in some really important sense, because this ties me back to the Lord's prayer, really prayer is about learning to be content with the living water that God gives me and looking to the resurrection and giving up the demand 
that the true living well makes me perfectly happy and satisfied right here and right now. Say Okay, say that again. Start at the beginning. The, the Lord's Prayer is, especially in Luke, is about going to God to have as my source of life. To, to believe that God loves me, wants good for me, is going to provide all my needs. I mean, if you read the context of Luke, that's where he goes with it. That I can go to my father and ask for anything, and he will give me what I need. But the difficult part for us is that what God knows that we need, the living water that he is in this life, meets our core, most central need, which is to be loved and secure in God. And that doesn't fill my desire for pleasure. It doesn't fulfill my desire for a restored family. It doesn't fix all these other things that I'm turning to, trying to have happiness and joy in, that God calls broken cisterns. They're ways of trying to fill my need for security and love in anything but what God gives. And so prayer is a lot about, prayer is a lot about learning. No, prayer is a lot about enacting, doing the the thing of being satisfied in the living water that God provides me. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Give me this day my, my daily bread. The act of faith in prayer is thy will on earth now is enough. Hmm. The daily bread that you give me is enough. I don't need to turn to more. Mm-hmm. Paul adds another layer to this in my mind in Philippians, and the other layer is look also to the next world, to the resurrection. When Where does he say that in Philippians? Uh, Philippians 3, it's the famous passage about pressing on. So if you start in Philippians 3, 7, everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ to Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but that one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Down in verse 20, he kind of brings it all to a point. Like his purpose is to pursue this promise of God's call into heaven, the upward call, that I will be raised again. Verse 20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition or our broken bodies into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So like Paul, what Paul's saying in the book of Philippians is live a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus. That's how he starts Philippians. And that has a lot to do with relational unity. I mean, most of Philippians is about, hey, treat each other well, have the attitude of Christ, live kindly, not for yourself. And then when he ends it with why, how, that's the real question, how, it's because I can do this because my current most important needs are met in Jesus now. And there's this call to heaven that will be completed. I will be resurrected. And so I can live in a time of suffering. I can live in a time of, I can live through this life 
not having every need met because my most central need is met now and all my needs will be met then. Right. Well, and uh, as you're talking, I can't help but think of Second Corinthians 4.16. You know, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The way that's connected to my, in my mind to sin, capital S, is that our brokenness, and that's the wrong word now, what's wrong with us is not that we do bad stuff. We do bad stuff. We pursue bad things because we have this pain and this deep, we live in a broken world. We are broken ourselves. I got to see, I got to think this better. Like the point, the, the image I have is that I don't want to be trite and that's why I'm avoiding the word hole, but I think that's the only way I can go. It's like, I have a deep hole inside of me that needs to be filled. God fills it in this life with the most needful thing, but he doesn't meet all of my needs in this life. He doesn't solve all of my problems. He doesn't give me all of the pleasure and he doesn't fix all my relationships. And where sin, where the bad behavior happens is when we get really, when we get unsatisfied with the needs that God has met and we turn to other stuff. So if you think about that in terms of base pleasure, I want to be happy all the time. I don't ever want to feel sad. God doesn't That's not what God meets right now. What he meets is my need to be loved and my need to be secure. But that's not, you know, my sin is that's not good enough for me. So I turn to uh, pleasures. Right. Well, and and that's, and it, you're making me think of like, there's sort of like two levels of this because there's the one you think of like the person who's lost. Well, they just don't know any better and they're pursuing their own happiness in whatever way they can. But then what Jeremiah is talking about is like there are those who are of the household of God, and yet they are not content with the waiting. Like, I want to be fully satisfied now. And so not only am I turning away from the, the fountain of living water, I'm going and digging broken cisterns because it's like, I mean, it's like God's, you're not enough for me right now. What you've given me is not enough. I'm unhappy with, for for lack of a better term, my allotment. You have not allotted to me what uh, enough, what I desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I universalize it. Like I don't, I mean, Jeremiah is talking to the Israelites in a particular time in a particular place, but I see that as being, I see that as being a, a particular instance of human nature as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say one other thing. The other, or like another good example of this that I think will touch our hearers. It's not just base pleasures. Another example of it would be my relationships are not the way I want them to be. I want these relational securities with my children, with my wife, with, you know, and God doesn't promise to meet those necessarily in this life. So, that leads to us digging broken cisterns in another way. We get demanding in our relationships. We get defensive. We get clingy. We get controlling. I mean, all different ways that we then, you know, 
I want my wife to do this. I want my children to do this. I want, and so then we can sin. Then, you know, the behavior of sin breaks out. So that's just another example of it, right? It's not just like I go to sex and drugs or something. I suppose like where I want to land in this episode, if I'm going to land somewhere, is that the uh, that the opposite of digging a broken cistern is prayer. And prayer is not a work. Prayer is drinking from the fountain of life. But it is learning. See, I hate the word learning because I want to talk about actually doing. Prayer is actually being satisfied with the water that is provided now. Like that's what I mean by that. Like to me, the Lord's Prayer, a whole bunch of what you're doing in the Lord's Prayer, what is being taught there is what it looks like to actually be satisfied with the current amount of water that God is giving. Yeah. You know, I mean, we think of prayers like going to God and asking, Lord, will you fix this? Will you help this? And we do. And that's amen. hundred percent. We're supposed to bring our requests to God. But like the substance of the prayer, especially as I see it in the context of Luke, is it's actually an act of surrender. It's like, okay, what you've given me, I want all this stuff. And at the same moment, my internal state goes from, ah, to thy will be done. Give me this day, my daily bread. What you give to me is enough. I will rest and accept. Right. Wow. You know, that's, that sounds awesome for a person that can get there. But I guess the thing is, and I'm sure you've interacted with a lot of people who sort of have this question of, well, what if it's, what if it's not enough? You know, what if, what do you say to the person who says, I can see what's, what God has on offer here and it's just not enough, God. It's just not enough. I mean, how do you, how do you encourage a person that's, that's feeling that way? What, like, what do you say to a person who, who just looks at it and says, not enough? I mean, it, it sounds so, in, it sounds so ridiculous to look at God and all of his riches that he has and say, it's not enough, God. But at the same time, for those people who are going through a stage of loss, right? Loss, grief, a sense or a season of feeling desolate. And maybe they do go to God and want God to cure their desolation, but it's just not here yet. I mean, what do you, what do you say to that person? Like, I say, ouch, I love you. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that's it. I think I say lean on me, borrow my faith, as was said to me once. Hmm. Borrow my faith. Wow. That's profound. (laughs) This is where I want to tread lightly. There's a harsh reality here. Well, no, I I want to try to transition that. There's a kind of tender reality here. We're so accustomed to thinking of sin as conscious, crass, willful, avoidable choices. But I really think the question you just asked, no, I think the person you just described, God, it's not, I I want this to be fixed for me and my family. I want this, I want this in my life. And when you say to me, it's enough and I can't, I can't believe you. I can't get there. It's the, I can't get there. That is the real touch of capital S sin. I am helpless to believe and trust. You know, it's not a, I'm not just like, oh, you could if you just did it. Like, snap your fingers, man. Just believe. you're it, God's enough. No, there's an honesty to, I can't. I can't believe it. And I think that's the, that's like where we, 
we can touch the way that I think God really sees sin in its truest form, you're a captive to it, right? You're stuck there. I'm stuck there. It's not a simple matter of change your behavior. You'll be fine. (laughs) You know, and this is kind of the problem with even the way that sometimes spiritual formation is taught. Just do these practices. Then you'll trust God more. Here's the five-step method of being, getting over that. It's not like that. Like, What we're talking about is the deepest problem within us that we have no control over. I can't. It's not enough. I want this to be fixed. I want this to be, this hole to be filled. You say you're enough for me, you're living water, but you're not going to fix this problem. Nope, can't trust you. And I have no real ability to get there. And I think that is where, you know, that's what the gospel actually is saying. What Jesus is saying is, I have gotten there for you. I mean, we're right back to the garden, garden right the night he was betrayed. I don't want this. Or even the temptation of Jesus. You know, he's been in the desert for 40 days and Satan comes to him and says, turn these rocks into bread. If I had been in the desert for 40 days, I would have been like, okay, <laughs> I'm hungry. I can't, I need my, I need my needs met now. Can't, I cannot trust God. Jesus does it. He says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. No one of us can get there. No practices, nothing will ever get us to the point where we can always rightly say, okay, I'll just live by the word of God. And so the gospel is Jesus did it for us, and we are then growing and doing it because of Christ. That's where like borrow my faith comes in. I have found you in a place in your life where I'm not talking about you in particular, but the person who says that, I find you in a place in your life where you're facing the trapped, you're you're enslaved, you're stuck. I can't trust God. And I say, yeah, I know, I get it. I'll trust him for you for a while. You can borrow my faith. You can come along with me. I help you avoid digging a broken cistern. I think that's what Paul's saying in Philippians. I think that's what's going on in Philippians about having one mind, working together, supporting each other. And over time, the Holy Spirit works in you through us, and you're able to do exactly what Paul says, which is be satisfied with what God has, you know, be satisfied with Christ now to count all your suffering as light. I don't know if I'm going to be able to edit this into a podcast, but it seems like it's been a good conversation. <laughs> it's, it's been a great conversation, yeah. Um, and again, just like last time, it's kind of like coming to the coming to the end of it's like, wow, I think I needed to hear this today. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a great way to close is to just go to a verse that we already read, but go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, where it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So let us fix our eyes not what is seen, but what is on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yeah. And hopefully um, all of us, not just our listeners, but myself included, can maybe that's enough uh, daily bread for the day. Yeah. That we can fix, fix our eyes and trust in God with tomorrow, yeah. for tomorrow. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, listeners... May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
don't forget to visit us at signpostend.org. While you're there, sign up for our e-newsletter and we'll send you a free ebook. Also, a big thanks to all of our supporters. Signpost N is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we exist only because of our generous donors who make everything we do possible. Please consider supporting us with your recurring donation. Visit signpostn.org slash donate.